with your hosts, John Jowski, Pat Powers, Chris Cowan, and Greg Wolf. This is the X Step Podcast. What are we talking about again? Your first time you've had falafel? Was at this brew, this brew fest. They had like a stand instead of like hot dogs and hamburgers. They had like falafels and like oh, uh, top notch like tacos. Cause it's Burlington. Like they're going Dude, all, give me over that the all day. Give me that all day long. Then I had, I went yeah. to a tiny pebble and had the chef's tasting at a traditional Chinese restaurant. That was amazing. I tried raw oysters for the first time that weekend, and they're so fucking good. And what else did I try that I never had before? Something else. I can't remember. Oh, duck. I duck for the first time that weekend. I was a very indulgent weekend. (laughs) Went to a winery, tried wines that I never – like, it was just like an exploratory single man out on the town type type of deal. It was wonderful. That sounds the, wonderful. The pro pig. I is got like, the green apple now. Nice. That looks delicious. But you need a pro pig from the pro pig. The prohibition pig, though, sick. their food, their food is fantastic. I had my first Lawson sip of sunshine from the prohibition pig. Oh yeah, so yeah, good. That's a good. Beer. So good. They have a, a like a Johnny, little brewery. What? I was just gonna say I, I was betting with you. On your beer journey since the beginning of your beer journey. You mean my non when, my non beer my no back no. Back when you just thought IPAs were the grossest thing, and I think the moment <laughs> the moment we figured it out was when you're like, oh, I love Magic Hat Number Nine. I'm like, dude, that's an IPA. Like it's a baby one, but it is. And you're like, really? And then that from that day forward, I think you're a little bit exploratory than you ever really been. I just, you're absolutely right. You uh, that was 100%. That was 100%. But I was also, when I realized that there were different types of IPA and that a West yep. Coast IPA is the devil's juice and then a East Coast. <laughs> Sierra Nevada <laughs> torpedo. like <laughs> Yeah, a New, a New England IPA, a hazy juice yeah. bomb is, you know, a thing of beauty for me. Yes. You know, a, there, uh, I do like a ranger juicy, juicy. Haze. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. There, there's, there's lots of juicies out there that I love, but mm-hmm. generally anything that says hazy, juicy, I, I'm a big fan, but there are a couple West coast yeah. IPAs. I do. I do like, but sometimes I want to get my ass kicked by a beer. You know what I mean? Like, no, like I'm right I for don't it. know what you mean. You want me to hit no, you listen. with a beer bottle? Right, like a <laughs> like like an imperial IPA that's like nine and a half percent that also tastes like it's been scraped off the bottom of the barrel. Like sometimes I'm oh, a glutton God. for that sort of punishment. I don't know why I'm a weird like that though. But I only <laughs> want one. I don't want like a six pack of that. I just want to like get through that and then like everything else. If you're eating like a steak or like anything very unctuous with that though, it's such a great palate cleanse to, to complement it because you take a bite of that steak after and it tastes like the best 
meat you've ever had. Like it could be like a fucking London broil that you just cooked up, <laughs> you know, like Yo. a six dollar bu- steak that you made taste like a million bucks. Anyways, because I know how to prepare steak, but like, then you pair it with like a super strong IPA, and you're like, oh man, the steak is fucking banging. Yo, did everybody see that picture that I sent of uh, that disc with the Milwaukee's Best Ice logo on it? Yeah, that's dude. Shotgun yeah, that's Warm. Oh, boys are that's, fuck off. <laughs> dude, that's, that's, that's Deke Rossetti Distributor. That's my company, bro. I, like, shared that with everyone. Everyone laughed their ass off. Oh, my God. Because, <laughs> like, Tallboy's <laughs> Milwaukee's Best is one of our best-selling things in the whole company. Like, that and... and uh, <laughs> Uh, what is it? The Canadian no Molson Ice, Molson yeah. Ice for some reason Ugh. is like the best tall boy that we have. Yeah, it's nasty, but like it sells the most in like Schenectady and Albany counties because yeah, because like, you can get twenty four ounces of pain and it's like eight for like a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, it's a two dollar eight percent twenty two ounce beer. Like people are getting fucked up on it, you know. Fun fact about Molson. So Jen and I, up until this year, we we go to. Uh, Canada for our our anniversary every year, and uh, we there she there's this place that used to be in Buffalo called the Swiss Chalet, which is like a big um, restaurant in Canada. Still, they closed all the ones in Buffalo, so we always stop at the Swiss Chalet on our way to Niagara on the lake. And they you know they had a minimal amount of beers on tap. But they had Molson Canadian, which I enjoy from time to time. So, beer so I'm flavored like, beer, yeah. bro. I'm like, can I get a, a a Molson Canadian? And the waitress looks at me and she goes, "They're like, you mean, you mean, a, you Molson? mean a Molson?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> uh, yes, a Molson." I, I'm not Molson from Canadian. Molson Canadian's the beer that when you in a movie they're like, "Hey, can I get a beer?" It's Molson Canadian. Like, <laughs> Because it just tastes like beer. There's no other, like, nothing yeah. to it other than beer flavor. When, when you look up beer in the dictionary, Molson Canadian is, is next to it. It makes me <laughs> think of the flavor strange, profile. It makes me think of Strange Brew with Rick Moranis when I – Yeah. Anytime I, I see it. Yeah, man. Like, there's nothing wrong with it, dude. I, a Molson Canadian on the right day, like, I'll, I'll go through a 12 or that. Sure. Do you drink <laughs> it? Right, when it's – how many, how many beers would you say you drink on a given round, though? Of what? Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good yeah. question. Like, what's what's no, the no. proper amount of alcohol consumption to ride? I don't your typically way of drink unless I'm with friends. Um, and if I start to play like shit early on, then I'm gonna drink more. <laughs> I'm in the zone. If I'm in the zone. I'm staying sober. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Three. I, I actually regular good. golf. Like I respect that. If I'm playing with with friends. I think having three, one in your hand and then two, one in either side pocket of your bag is is yeah. the way to go. Are you talking tall boys? Yeah, or like if you're crossing the parking lot, you know, you got yeah. some in the cooler in the trunk, like yeah. one for the front nine, one for the nine, the, the break in the middle, and one for the back nine is pretty good too. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't drink on the course when I'm playing by myself, but like no, when I'm that's, playing that's with a, alcoholism. A, <laughs> when I'm playing with a, <laughs> with a group of friends. I, I'll I'll pop a couple. Yeah, like when me first come out, you know, 
I bring, yeah. bring, I bring with, a bunch oh, of yeah. goodies for everybody. <laughs> for and sure. we're drinking more because I'm free. I want the speaker to say, you, bro, you better have some best ice the next time we get together. I got you. That's what I need. A, a whole 12, a pack there of better be warm tall boys. Uh, warm. Fuck off. Uh, that's right. Fuck off. Uh, no. So disgust. That's the nastiest. Oh. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's. I was sitting there. And I was probably dying for. I don't know. Probably five to eight minutes before I could actually I might, send that picture. I might want to drink guys. human piss <laughs> over a warm Milwaukee's best. Yeah. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> At least All I right. know the the piss is sterile. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't fair. know that. If I know the source. Okay. All right, to bring it to bring it back to to work here, um, I think let's skip the disc draft for this segment, and since we didn't do, oh, uh, we're hot boys. What's what? What's oh, the we're hot. On? Oh. oh, we're hot. Yeah, we're hot. <laughs> okay, we've been hot this entire time. It was great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Pick and choose. Leave that human piss yep. out. Just no, the... no, that's it. <laughs> no, that that's part of the subscriber dude. bonus segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. X step after dark. Triple X step. Milwaukee's no, best piss. It, Drink it warm or fuck off. Um... <laughs> Great. Yeah. Right. So, dude, I guys, I got out Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Played 36 holes at Jay Park on Thursday and played Central Park, Schenectady on Friday this week. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, needless, to say, I, needless to say, Saturday morning rolled around and I was not getting out of bed and I was not playing disc golf. I was pretty, pretty much spent at that point. But the sun was shining, the snow was melting, and I... I felt itch. I needed. I think it was a more of a mental thing. Like I just needed to get out, and work has been super stressful. And you know, we've been working all the way through COVID, and I just kind of needed my own time to myself to kind of burn my For thoughts sure. off and burn some calories yeah. at the same time. You know, it just felt so good to get out and breathe some fresh air and not be wearing three pairs of socks and gloves and it was perfect. It was just exactly what I needed. My body's tired, but my mind is refresh and reset. I'm ready to roll for next week. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. That's what you need. I'm I'm excited for next week. I'm going out to Erie County, confirmed. Yeah. John, so yeah, dude. Hopefully yeah. we'll have some time and we can get together. Um, yes. I'm still not exactly sure uh, where in Erie County I'm going to be, but uh, you know what you'll be, be doing at least somewhere. Oh yeah. Well, um, road crew. I, 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 ins- I would assume installing uh sewer line, but okay. Uh, I know leaving at four thirty Monday morning. So, um, I imagine we'll be there by lunchtime and then whenever, nice. whenever I figure out what's going on, I'll let you know. Well, if you need a spot yeah, to stay, like if 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 lodging falls through for whatever reason, you know you got a room. Oh, we're good. As far Sweet. as I know, I I think I'm going to be staying in a hotel with one other person, so hopefully they don't nice. snore or fart really loud. <laughs> mm. All right, any louder than you, at least. 
Right, yeah. I mean, I will fight them for that, though. <laughs> Loud as far. Um, you want to try yeah, to get Japanese food though. if we can? Uh, yeah, a, I mean, if we I've can. Got a, I've got a spot that's uh, it's called Sato Brew Pub. It's a Japanese brewery that has awesome ramen, and any chance I get to go there is... <laughs> I'm, I'm down. So if, if that's something you're interested in, let me know. They have awesome ramen, huh? You mm, don't need no excuse do. to go is what he's yeah. saying. No, yeah. Um, I'll eat ramen all day and all night with you. You just tell me, me too. Where I'm straight, baby. Where does ramen rank for you? Like, I feel like it's it's pretty high. Like, brothy soups with noodles, for me, are pretty high on the mm. pantheon of... of comfort food yeah i think uh, the only thing that really competes with noodle yes. soup for me is like good chowder chili something thick you know what I mean? it's pretty much the opposite end of the spectrum but yeah uh but but still a soup based like, item too good yeah i yeah. love pho pho is that broth is the fuzz jam what you, you know what i'm saying oh pho pho it's pronounced pho, but it's, he's he's talking about Vietnamese pho. Oh, okay. gotcha, gotcha. Pho, I thought he said fuzz. You uncultured fuzz, swine. Huh? Nah, I'm not calling the five zero <laughs> in here, bro. Pho, baby, pho. We'll get some pho, dude. We there's two good pho places around me. So when they open back up for sit down, we can go get some. They're doing takeout, but pho takeout is not the same. It's you need that giant bowl to really appreciate it, and all the couturement on the side, you know. Mm, yeah, the cilantro on the side and the the chilies, yeah, the mint, the, chilies. Yep, the Japanese uh, grape or um, lime leaves and the hoisin sauce and the sriracha. Absolutely. Ooh, Ooh so good. Ooh. I don't, yeah, I don't know about going out to restaurants even after. You know, or whenever yeah, the, the pandemic ends, you know what I mean? Because I, yeah, I never really liked going out that much in the first place. I'd rather be in the woods, which is you know part of the reason why That's I like this I stuff so much. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> but you know, because nobody's like looking at you awkwardly, and nobody you know interrupts your conversations or tries to ask you how the food is when you have your mouth full. So, yeah, um, true. That's why when you guys come out and we do the New England tour, we're gonna have oh, a hot, so we're gonna have that. a hot pot night. Oh, yes. let's oh. go! Mm-hmm. That's Dude, you know what I found out? There are a bunch of well, I don't know exactly how many there are, but there are pretty much these introvert uh, restaurants that you can go to where you walk in and they seat you at a booth and it's isolated like blinders on both sides all of the eating accoutrements that you need are right there you order from a kiosk and then like there's either you know a person behind a curtain that can't see you or a conveyor belt that brings all of your food to you so you can just sit there in solitude (laughs) i mean as much solitude as you can get in a public place and just like noodle houses do that there's yeah, there's even one place that you can gr- just grill your own meat. They have like a little wire grill, yep. right at, at your little you know kiosk or whatever you want to call it there, and you just sit there and grill your own meat, and they you know yeah. bring out all I your want- sides, all that stuff on the side like you were talking about. 
I watch a lot of Food Network and Travel Channel, so I I've seen this many times. <laughs> it's oh, like dude, a vending it, machine it seems so, that you put in what so you want, good. and then like the curtain rises up, and all you see is like two hands like slide your bowl of ramen out. Yeah, and they say nothing. It's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just no one bothered, and you can slurp all you want. It's great. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hell yeah. How fast before you guys imagine robots taking over the sport of disc golf? Well, they haven't taken over any other sports yet, so you know, yeah. since it's only just now become popular, you know, they do use robots in regular golf to help test clubs. So maybe they'll start doing that to test discs. You know, like hmm. a robot that'll throw a very consistent throw. Like I could see that happening at some yeah. point, but taking over. Maybe not, but like to help calculate disc flights and stuff, I could definitely see that. Doesn't oh, sound too far fetched. Well, you heard it here first. Look out, DG World. Flight <laughs> <laughs> <Like> robots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they'll call yeah. it the McDonald's. 2021 may be the year where robots take over disco. Macbeth 2.0. Like, what if you hit a drone and this sits on top of the drone and the drone happens to fly all the way to the basket? That'd be an impressive shot. <laughs> and without Sounds destroying like, would the drone. Would that be a legal outcome? I think so, because, like, if you, if there were a, a spectator. As long as you weren't controlling you, it. And you hit the spectator and it, you know, went from out of bounds to inbounds. It's it's good. So, Which, if you were to hit yeah. it, like it, it's hilarious that you say that because that reminds me of. Did you guys catch the this year's All Star event? Yes. Did you see the part when uh, Kevin Jones and Ricky were laughing about when Kevin had hit spectators in the past, or was it Ricky that had hit <laughs> spectators in the past? And then they step up and hit a spectator. <laughs> By accident, by accident. It was just, yeah, it was just funny. So you can't write that stuff. No, you know they're not trying to. You'd feel so bad if you just crank somebody. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard on that course not to, because there's so many spectators and pedestrians around that have no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. I haven't had more than like my group, and then maybe a group that we're passing watch me throw before i couldn't imagine that many people just like eyes on me while i'm trying to crank a freaking raider <laughs> okay all right because, like i know if i i know if i throw it wrong it's going so far left it's got some grandma's head written all over it you know <laughs> oh right. i'd feel so bad so you're playing solo you're having a decent round you step up the group ahead of you is letting you play through. That's very kind. Mm. I've do done you, that. Do yeah. you? How do you play with an audience? Oh, I'm I I perform under pressure. I feel in regular golf, like ball golf, that I hate that because, like, I play at my own pace, and I, if someone's letting me play through, I feel like I need to rush a little bit. In disc golf, I play wicked fast, anyways. Like, I don't hang around. So I'm just going to play whatever. I like, hey, guys, thanks for letting me play through, throw, and then I go, have a good one, guys, enjoy it, and go. Like, it's it's not going to throw my rhythm off too much. Regular golf, like, 
even though I do play fast, it it feels like I have more pressure to to move through so that you're not like, oh geez, we let this guy play through and he's trash. <laughs> it's like it's terrible. Now they're waiting for me, I'm like, oh sorry. <laughs> so do you hit the gap more frequently when you have like the pressure or you have an audience? Do you find your game changing? Because for me personally, I find myself performing better when I feel like yeah. there's some sort me of too. external pressure. Agreed. That's why I'm stoked to play tournaments because I've never I've never played disc golf organized before, just competitive with my friends. But I'm I'm a, a very I don't show hourly, but I, I love to compete. I'm a fierce competitor. I'm very gracious, and I'm also not outwardly like, braggadocious or anything about it. I like to be goofy, but I'm not, like, intense. But, like, man, I like to win, and I, I know that I can perform under <laughs> pressure. So I am stoked to try some tournaments this year, even if it's just an amateur division because I'm not – my skills aren't perfect, but, man, I – I love that. I love having something on the line. Like that just harkens back to me playing sports in high school and college and stuff. So no doubt. Hell yeah. I, I ain't scared. Yeah. I feel like I kind of have that stage fright when it comes to sports competition because I've never really been much of an athlete myself. You know, I played, things like tennis and volleyball and stuff just specific sports that i liked but uh you know it was it was mostly just friendly kind of stuff you know mm. and yes. uh i'm definitely gonna hit up some of those tournaments with you pat and, and yeah i want levels. to you know what i mean and I, I feel like i could do pretty well but uh yeah i think my first couple uh yeah yeah because um i mean my my first couple of rounds will probably be kind of rough because I'll be nervous and I might get frustrated sure. and stuff like that. But, you know, it'll come with time. Yeah, but that's you cut your teeth on it. That's all. Like, yep. you know, I started playing travel basketball when I was like 10, you know, like, so that was my first like big competition against kids that I've never seen before. Before it was all like wreck. Like you played the kids that you knew, like in baseball, like I knew all the kids names on the other team. And then, like, mm. you get picked to be on, like, All-Stars, and then you're playing Queensbury, and you're playing Burnt Hills from, like, you know, an hour away. And then that's when it's, like, real serious. Like, oh, baby, this is this is something different here. I don't know these kids. You know? So it's, it's different. <laughs> so, like, when we play a tournament, we won't know anyone, and we'll just we'll feel like a, a brand-new thing, like putting on a new pair of shoes. Like, we got to figure it out, man. We'll do it, though. I'll get, I got your back all the way. Yep. I still... I'm I'm gonna get that putting down. Wow. Yeah, I think, dude. Hey, I think dude, about it every it. every day. Okay, yeah, that's gonna be our strategy for the double <laughs> tournament. I'm, I'm saying, gonna man. I'm gonna smash forehand flex shots all the time, and then you're gonna you're gonna putt for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll work we'll work on the putts this spring too. We'll get you going. One of the most important things about putting is bringing the right tool for the job. Oh, no doubt. And, uh, so, with that said, I think it's uh, time for a nice little special segment this week. We're going to do uh, putters specifically, but it's time for some tools of the trade. Now, uh, John, give me a little bit of rundown on how this works. 
Well, this is going to be uh, a segment that reoccurs, but it probably won't be every week, but it's going to pop up here and there. Um, we were talking about some ways to try to get um, people introduced to what we're throwing and getting the listeners introduced to our bags without doing a traditional in the bag on the podcast. We do intend to do those, but we'll probably save those for like our social media or maybe even for our YouTube channel. Um, but on the podcast, we're going to do a tools of the trade. So we're going to go through a scenario. I think Greg is going to give us a scenario for today. And for that given scenario, we're all going to talk about what tool we would use for that given scenario. So if it's a shorter shot or a tunnel shot or something you know that requires a stable shot, something along those lines, whatever the scenario is, we're going to think about what's in our bag and what we would use and why we would use it for that. So hopefully to give you a little bit of an insight into the tools that we use while we're out on the course. Greg, do you have a scenario that you are thinking of? I do. And this is going to be a hole from my, what I like to think of my home course, top of the hill, disc golf course mm -hmm. in Canterbury, New York. I mean, New Hampshire. Ooh, oh. <laughs> oh. Whoopsie. Whoopsie. Uh, edit that out. Um, it is hole five. It's a 283. F fairly s straight shot with um, some close trees on early right, mid left, and then a slight fade down to the green. Um, I generally like to take a putter down this fairway. I just throw a putter right off the tee. And usually, actually, nowadays, I picked up a Plasma Envy. Uh, I've, that's the disc I've had success with here and just gets it right down the, the middle with just enough fade at the end. And a slow approach on the green is just it's just it's the the cream of the creme de whatever. la creme. Creme de la creme. There you go. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what do, what do you guys take when you're stepping up to a straight shot about two fifty to three hundred? Mm. Well, yeah, I can't yeah. throw a putter three hundred feet, so. Let's just yeah. I would have to at least quick. go mid. Okay, well, so this is a terrible example, Ben. <laughs> no, it's fine. So this is great because everyone has different ability levels. So this is right. totally fine. Okay. So let's just say two, let's just round it down to two fifty. Okay. So if it's a two hundred and fifty foot straight shot, that needs a little fade at the end, right? And I'm assuming it's downhill. Um, I would say the elevation change. I don't think it's listed anywhere on the signage there, but I would say it's probably like five to six feet below Down. the tee. Yeah. All right. Okay. So gradual. So two, so if I'm throwing something two fifty, that has to stay straight, and then come back to the left. So I'm probably because my bag is kind of jumbly and my ability is a little bit off from everybody else's, I'm going to throw that old beat-up stalker because I know I can hit gaps with that. And if the whole fairway is a gap, then that's how I'm going to treat it. I'm just going to throw it straight down there. And because it's beat, it doesn't. it's not as fast as it used to be. 
So it's not going to go too far. And if I throw it flat, it's going to stay straight and then give me a fade at the end that I can pretty much rely on. And I can even do a tiny bit of flex if I need to, if I want it to, to not dive too far left, um, depending how far left the basket is. So I'm going to say busted old stalker for me. And I know it doesn't sound right, but the way I throw and how old and, and crusty that thing is, it's perfect. I bet you, um, so if we're rounded down to 250, I bet you I could throw a maiden that far. So oh. I'd probably take a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd take a West Side maiden for that. Now I'm looking at it. That's definitely a stalker hole. I like that. Yeah, a little bit down at the end. It's kind of flat and then a little down at the end. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so beat, beat to, to all get out stalker. Um, yeah. Nope, I stick by my answer after seeing the image, for sure. Yeah, I'm taking Chris, Maiden you're for saying sure. Just, maiden. Yeah, yeah, and it's probably the putter that I have the most practice with in the first place. I just throw it better than most of my other ones just because I've thrown it more. Um, but I can, I know for a fact that I can throw it straight down a pipe. So this is a perfect hole for just doing just that. And if you just need a little bit, a uh, little bit of left at the finish, Maiden's perfect for it. it. Greg, is the basket in that gap in the center, or is it off to the left? It's that gap towards the center, just left of the okay. big tree. In that case, I am throwing a hyzer-flipped beat-up Luna, and I'm going to start it down the left side. I'm going to put it probably, looks like that ceiling's probably like 40 feet up, 30 feet up. Is that sound about right mm-hmm. so i'm gonna try to get just under that ceiling with a hyzer flip on my luna try to put it down the left side have it drift to the right and then eventually come back to the left at the end and i will amend my answer i just ordered a beefy buzz and i'll probably throw the beefy buzz <laughs> okay so back to where i was going to go with this is so chris Pat, you guys are a little bit newer. What are you doing for putters off the tee? Like, how much distance do you think you're sort of using for that judgment? Hmm. Chris, go first. I would say 250 would be on the long side for me. Like that, I if it was any more than that, I would definitely throw a mid range. Are there any yeah, types of looking... sh- shots too? Don't forget that. Um. Well, I like um, I like overstables for uh, if I need to throw a forehand off of the off of the tee with a putter, definitely. But uh, mm-hmm. backhand, I I definitely like the maiden, which is is definitely more understable. Um. So yeah, I guess it it just kind of depends on uh, what the shot calls for. Yeah, I, I would say if the hole is is 200, I'm going to pick a putter or for me, which is a, a suspect, which is a very, it's only a four-speed mid-range. So it's only one speed higher than like a regular putter. Um, if it's a gap, then I'm throwing um, probably a mid 
on the same ilk because I don't have an understable or yes, understable putter in my bag at the moment. Um, no, that's not true. I have a very beat up banger, but that is so beat up that it doesn't fly as far as I want it to. But I can throw that super straight if I if I throw like a a hyzer flip with it, it can go straight as an arrow. But um, because I use a suspect as my putter, uh, the versatility is is super high on that because I can throw that forehand flex, I can throw that forehand hyzer, I can throw that. 220 probably with full power with a with a nice uh fade at the end i can throw that all different ways it's super versatile um but i would say like the 200 threshold is probably where i'm comfortable if it's a gap throw um open air you know open probably 220 but that's because my arm speed's just getting up to to speed to snuff being a lefty thrown with my right backhand um but yeah, I think I think that's kind of my sweet spot right now. It's getting better, man. I've been playing so much, uh, strength is getting up just naturally from being out on the course so much. So we'll see how it goes by the end of the year. Ask me in August, and it'll probably be a completely different answer. Nice, dude. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, man. I can't wait to see, because uh, when I started playing last year, um, I only had maybe two or three months before the snow fell uh, to practice. And I actually made a lot of progress just because I was out there, you know, taking every shot that I could, especially uh, trying to line up forehands and stuff. But uh, now I'll get a, a full spring, summer, and fall season out of it. And I'm really excited because I have a lot of new plastic to throw too. Yeah, man. Dude, listen, I got... I bought two Nuke OSs that I'm having a yes. lot of trouble fi- tr- having a lot of trouble figuring out. So if like I get through the spring and summer not feeling it, like they got your name on them, bud. So Ooh. it's a pink Z and like a light blue ESP, and they're very very nice. It's just I don't know if they're gonna supplement any other backhand throw that I can do if I'm throwing them forehand yet. We'll mm. see with some form practice how I get to it because I'm going to go out and and just sort of hammer mid-range forehands just to get the the form, the initial form down before I start to to really hammer away at throwing like a flex. Like I can go mm. out there and goof a flex, but then I can over flex it even because I have I was like a pitcher and a quarterback. So like I can over flex. Uh, a forehand easy and just dive it straight down in the ground and feel like a complete idiot, even with a new yeah. OS. So, <laughs> yeah. like, it's not even a pro. It's not even an issue. I know everyone's like, it's like no matter what you do, this thing's always going to come back. I'm like, yeah, watch me. <laughs> yep, dude, that's <laughs> that's out, the reason why I got that disc is because I I can overturn anything because yeah. I I just have no. Uh, I, I don't know what to call it. No restraint, I guess. Like, when I'm trying yeah. to throw a shot as hard and as far as I can, I that's exactly what I do. And sometimes the form gets away from me a little bit, so I need a disc that's a little bit more forgiving. And, and it, especially and throwing forehands, uh, I'm still practicing, you know, that, getting that form into my muscle memory. So, yeah, I can, believe it or not, I can overturn that disc as well. 
Yeah, but it's all about the risk. When I too, when you throw it right, yeah, and and you just have to smash it. Like there's no throwing that disc slower. It's not going to no. go anywhere. No. It's just going to crash, no. and then you're going to be upset. Yeah. So yeah, it's, gonna, it's perfect it's for just... my play style, I guess, in that regard. Because I, if I throw it as hard as I can, it does what I want it to do. <laughs> Correct. Correct. How about John? John, what do you? What's your like? your comfort zone for for driving putters like distance like what do you where can you comfortably get to driving with a putter i mean given everything there's exceptions right you know there's exceptions for everything but i would say generally 250 feet is around where i'm comfortable um yeah and then i would rather throw like a low buzz so that it would yeah. you know it doesn't go too far um, but generally about 250 feet. Um, if it's, if it's a wide open shot, I'd kind of prefer to step up to, um, an approach putter. Um, I could probably push a, a, a zone out closer to 300 feet, but I don't really consider that a putter necessarily. Um, but right. that's, you know, if it was a wide open shot, I'd probably, what do you consider zone, the zone? zone what do you consider? The, what do you consider to the zone? Uh, I would consider the zone an approach disc. Yeah, kind of that segue between putter and and mid range. Right, I think of it like a wedge in mm -hmm. in golf. Yeah, yeah, that's how I see my suspect too. Like it says, and if you use the fusion plastic, or the lucid plastic, or whatever the high-end plastic on dynamic with the suspect, yeah, it's going to perform like a mid-range. But that classic blend or that prime, like that is, that's just a very flat profile putter to me. It's only a four-speed, and it's even slower in those cheaper plastics. So it just feels like a thin putter, and which I like. I don't like a chunky putter. I like the thin putter. I don't know why, because I like... I guess because now I like to throw a hyzer putt, it just feels really good to just slice it through the air and crash into the chains, you know? So, I don't know. Everyone's different. Nothing wrong with that at all. So, no, if man. I'm a complete newbie and I'm looking for a putter and I see a disc that says putt and approach, mm -hmm. how do I tell the difference between that and a disc that we would assume is more along the lines of a straight power. generally generally speaking i would say to look at the speed um you know anything that's greater than like a three speed so like a four or a five speed is pushing that um that mid-range you know five speed i would consider a mid-range you know even some three to four speed discs i would consider you know approaches but three mm -hmm. is kind of that gray area where it could be either you know, but it's ultimately it's whatever's comfortable, you know. So if it says putt and approach, you know, if you pick up a zone and that feels great to you and you're comfortable putting with it, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you pick up a harp and you want to putt with a harp, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's whatever's comfortable for you. Generally, a deeper putter is going to have a little bit more glide. So if you pick up yeah. something that's got a little bit deeper dish, you know, it's going to glide a little bit. It's going to take a little bit less effort. 
to get it to do what you want it to do. Um, but some people prefer like Michael Johansson is a good example of a pro who uses a very low profile putter. He puts with a ringer, which is a very, very low profile. Greg, I know you use the pig, you know, it's very similar profile to the pig. Um, mm -hmm. it's that very low, thin profile, not a ton of glide. Um, but it works, you know, so it's whatever works for you, whatever's comfortable for you. It's like the Discraft uh, Fierce is is straddling that line too because I know I've heard people saying that that is their go-to putter, but it's also like an overstable mid. So it kind of flips between both of those. I was very interested in that disc. But it the also Fierce is actually, the Fierce is an understable putter. The Fierce yeah, is like the, people... under, the un, understable cousin of the Luna. Right, but it's definitely, I think it's a four speed, isn't it? No, I don't think it is. Maybe but not. It's but it definitely, the... but, but from what I've seen, people are, it's like a driving putter though, not a putter putter, you know what I mean? Like people are using it for It's definitely great shots, for both not... of those, for sure. It, right, I mean. Right, and it got me it's... very interested, but the price point was not where I wanted to be. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's tough. It's, you know, I have a hard time with that with Luna's too. You know, I've, I've switched off of Luna's sometimes, you know, I don't know if I'll buy any more, you know, just because it's, it's too much. Like my putting putters or my practice putters, I'll go with roaches because I don't want to spend $20 on, on a, on a Luna. But yeah. The fierce is a three, three speed. So it's oh, that nice. same as the Luna you know, it's that understable. Maybe. It's a three, three, four, negative two, zero. Maybe because I just see Paige Pierce throw it like a mile. Oh, she throws it a mile. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> oh, for sure. If only any of us could putt like Paige Pierce does, dude. Yeah, oh, man. Geez. Yeah. I'm actually excited because uh, I need to make a little salty run back on this game. We've got some discord. Oh, yeah. This time this last week. Pat won last time, correct? Yes. Yes, I pulled out the victory. Even though I had a handicap, I won straight up. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, let's test it. Time to defend again. the title is what you're saying. Oh, dude. <laughs> Not this week. This week oh. is my week. I've lost two games in a row. It's my time to shine. Excuse so what me, is what is our theme like, this week? I feel like I've been robbed previously. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that felt so good. You gotta good. say what is, man. Um. Well, so you don't have to say what is in this game. Um. You you, you might get bonus points if you do. Um. But if you guys could all watch the stream, I have uh, oh I have our game pulled up. Um, this now, as a reminder for anybody that didn't see this or see episode one, hear episode one, uh, Disc or That is a game where we take um, a theme. X-Men was the last one that we had, but it could be anything. John comes up with it, uh, and we have to guess whether, you know, say a name or uh, just whatever he throws at us is, you know, is it a beer or is it an X-Man? Is it a, you know, brain of underwear or is it a disc or is it both of those things? So without further ado. Yes. So this can be, oh, you know, it can I'm be a that or both. 
I've yes. never Hell played. Yeah. So, Hell yeah. This, Hell yeah. This, I'm so ready. This week, our our theme is disc or reoccurring Final Fantasy enemy. Um, yes. And if you know anything about our our, our play play group here, they are uh, a bunch of filthy gamers who love the Final Fantasy franchise. I've yeah. never played and a Final have, Fantasy game. I have a no, friend that's, that's texting me right I've now. I've never played a Final Fantasy, Fantasy game. Greg is doomed. Yes. I told you, you might... dude, it's this is my round. Oh dude, you know, I played I've played I've played at least like ten Final Fantasy games, so this is right. this is good for me. Well, Let's put it just to the ten. Test. That's cute. We're gonna play we're gonna play <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna play nine holes here. Okay. Um uh-huh. we're gonna play through nine and you get a point for each one. It can be disc, that or both. Um, mm-hmm. and here we go. We're going to start off with, it's going to be Pat on the T first. Chris will be up next. Greg, you'll be batting in the cleanup spot. Here we go. All right. The first one is imp. Hole one is I M P imp. Okay. Well, Pat, you're on the T. Yes, I am. <laughs> the confidence is waning already. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I forget gonna, we also hedge. need disc knowledge. I'm going to hedge my bets. <laughs> That's right, the disc knowledge. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I got that. Hedge my bets and go with both on this one okay. just to start off. Yeah. Chris? Oh, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I say <laughs> recurring Final Fantasy enemies. Okay. Greg? <laughs> well, if you know it's a disc, then you got one up on both of us, I think. What did Pat say? I Pat said both. said both. I'm regretting it. I'm going to say both as well. Ooh, okay. All right, let's find out what we got here. It is, in fact, it's just a case. A Final Fantasy enemy. Just a Final Let's Fantasy enemy. Mm, mm, mm. All right. Hole two. So we've I mean, got Chris. Is, Chris has one point. All right. Or he's one under, I guess, if we want to Chris is plus way. one. He's plus one on us. That's right, because we're playing match play. I forgot it's to say that. Play. Yes. So <laughs> Chris is plus one. All right. Here we go. Going in reverse order this time. Greg, Chris, Pat. Greg. Hornet. H-O-R-N-E-T, Hornet. Um, so this is incorporating like random, like low-level monsters that you encounter in... Yeah, Imp was a yes. low-level guy. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, they're not yeah. like big-named characters or bosses or anything like that. They're just like right. the, the random... NPCs you would you would encounter. No behemoths here, bro. Damn it! I'm gonna say both. Okay, Chris. I'm also gonna say both. Pat, I'm going. I'm going just disc. Ooh. Okay. Just Let's find out. Track here. It is in fact both. Go! It is a yeah. it is range. 
It is a mid-range made by Discraft. It is an overstable mid-range. I personally think it feels an awful lot like the Buzz, just overstable, very similar to the Buzz yeah. OS. Um, and then it is yeah. also a Final Fantasy enemy. All right, so for that one, we've got Chris and Greg with correct answers. So Chris is at plus two, Greg's at plus one, and Pat is still sitting on a goose egg. All right, hey. so now <laughs> we're going to go Chris, Greg, Pat. For hole number three, Chris, assassin. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know if this is the name of a disc or not. I hmm. recurring enemy. Final enemy. Just a recurring enemy. Usually. Okay. Greg. Both. Okay. And Pat. Both. All right. Let's find out. It is in oh, fact just it's a just driver a disc? made by Gateway. It is a. You know, it, they call it a long range driver, but wow. it's in that tweener category between fairway and distance driver. It's a nine speed, six glide, which I don't necessarily buy, a one turn and one fade. So it is a fairly neutral fairway Ooh. driver. All right. I'm interested. So we've got same score Pat zero, Chris two, and Greg up one. All right. So here we go. Hole four. The order is going to be our original order Pat, Chris, Greg. Pat, orc. Orc. Filthy orcs. Uh, O-R-C. Don't be racist. Right. I want to call it a racist. You know. I'm going to go. I know it's a disc. So disc at least. <laughs> both okay Chris yeah I say both too okay Greg you guys are both confident that there is a orc enemy in Final Fantasy no that's I'm why I was hemming and almost home. certain yeah almost certain okay I'm gonna say both oh with the triple B it's just a disc. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I was coming for that. No, how, am I, how am I missing I, these questions off of Final Fantasy? I right trusted now? you. So you these are. Hey, it's a competition. <laughs> Don't trust us. These are all based off of like the, the wiki fandom. Uh, yeah. There's like a an encyclopedia that's got all of the Final Fantasy enemies. So if it's not in there. Don't take it out on me if it is actually a Final Fantasy enemy. But from my research, I could only find that it's a disc. And if you've never thrown the Innova Champion Orc, I highly recommend it. It's 10-speed, 4-glide, negative 1 turn, 3-fade. It's a great starter driver um, once you get to that point. Can't recommend it highly enough. Our score, Pat 0, Chris 2, Greg is at 1. So we still got a close game heading into hole 5. About to make the turn here. Here we go. Our order for this one is going to be Greg, Chris, Pat, Balloon. B-A-L-L-O-O-N, Balloon. Greg, it's your <laughs> box. Can you use it in a sentence? What? 
Okay. No. Um, why <laughs> Why the heck would a disc be called the balloon disc or a balloon? That seems very dull me. Strange. Oh, maybe, but I don't think so. So I'm going to say it's an enemy only. Okay. Chris? Uh, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with Greg here. I think it's a recurring enemy only. Okay. Yeah. Three for three. Enemy only, please. All right. Let's find out. It's just an yeah. enemy from Final yeah. Fantasy. Pat's on the board. He looks like a bomb. Yeah. So we have just a Final Fantasy enemy, the balloon. Pat is at one. Chris is at three. Greg's at two. Heading into hole six here. Our order is going to be Chris, Pat, Greg. Here we go. We're going to get so much hate mail from Final Fantasy fans, dude. Like, yeah. that, that whole arc so snafu. Like, Somebody's no. going to be writing in, like, well, technically, John, if Final Fantasy VI is about three quarters of the way through the game, they are recording orcs, so you're wrong. <laughs> Too bad. Hashtag content, baby. Hashtag content. Here we go. Downloadable content. Final All right, Chris. 15. Chris, Devil Hawk. Oh. oh man! Ooh. If this is a disc, I'm gonna poop my pants. Uh, <laughs> I say we're recurring enemy only. Okay, Pat. I'm gonna say. Oh God! I'm gonna say disc only. Greg, you're gonna say disc only? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I gotta make up some ground here, man. I'm gonna say recurring enemy only. Let's find out. It's just a disc. Oh, what? It's very similar to the pig, the rhino, the the discraft ringer GT. Um, it is a an overstable putting approach by Gateway. Low profile, thumb track. I've never thrown it. Looks pretty cool but it's just a disc so we have pat gaining a stroke on the field here picking up a skin i should say um yes. so we have pat at two chris at three and greg at two so it's still anybody's ball game we have three holes left to play here gentlemen we are uh, back to our original order again pat chris greg pat you're on the t demon d-e-m-o-n demon the demon both. Okay. Chris? Oh, man. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go go both as well. Greg? That's a triple. That's a both for me. All right. <laughs> Keeping everything uh, even keeled here. It is, in fact, both. Yes. It is a... Uh, a distance driver, high-speed distance what? driver by made by Gateway. Um, and then we also have um, the Final Fantasy enemy known as a demon. So, yes, it is you both. Know what Final Fantasies these graphics come from? I have it written like down what? somewhere. I, I don't okay. have it with me. I don't have it with me, but we can certainly do that for the next time we do Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Extra All content. Right, so same same score. We've got Pat at three, Chris at four, Greg at three. So it's a one one hole decider here. Heading into hole eight. 
our order is going to be Greg, Chris, Pat. It's Captain. C-A-P-T-A-I-N. Captain. What do you got, Greg? Mm. <laughs> I, I have to assume that there's some, like evil militia or military outfit (laughs) that has some sort of role in some of the Final Fantasy games. Because I'm fairly certain it's a disc. So I want to say both. Okay. Chris? Yeah, that's a resounding both from me too. Pat? It's a dynamic disc, Captain. So I'm going both as well. Okay. It's both. Yeah. There is a Captain yes. uh, Final Fantasy Greg, character. <laughs> Greg was <laughs> exactly right. It is just like a militia looking dude <laughs> with armor and a sword. Yep. Um, I believe the Captain is another reoccurring. All of these Overstable. are reoccurring. All of these happen in multiple final fantasy games they're not just like single to one expansion and then yes it is a a fairly overstable um i believe it's a fairway driver is it a distance i think it's it's a 13 i think oh really okay all right it's pretty beefy all right well fellas we've got a one whole game heading into hole nine we might be going to extra holes here all right, let's see. Hole nine. Our order, Chris, Greg, Pat. So our leader, Chris, is up first. Here we go. Bat. B-A-T. Oh, no. I don't know if this is a disc or not, dude. <laughs> Enemy only. Roll the dice. Okay. Greg? Or, sorry, Pat. Well, I can't guess the same as Chris, or I don't win, so both. Greg? I agree with Pat, so both. Let's find out. It's just a Final Fantasy enemy. Let's go, baby! (laughs) It is just a Final (laughs) Fantasy enemy. Yeah, I told you. In the caves. So, at the end of... Just like Pokemon. (laughs) <laughs> at the end of our second installment of Disc or That, we've got Chris with six, Pat with four, and Greg with four. Thanks for playing, fellas. We've got Pat and Chris oh, yeah. on the on the board with one apiece. Greg still still waiting to get there, but we have plenty of these coming up. So hopefully we'll get you there, Chris. All right, dude. That I love that one. That's uh, it felt good. You know, I honestly didn't feel out of the game, even despite never playing a Final Fantasy yeah. game. Yeah, listen, Final Fantasy takes a lot of its lore from multiple other fantasy things like Tolkien and like mythology and stuff. So it's not just, there's some things that are original, even like Asian cultures and things like that. Uh, so it's it's a it's a mixed bag usually with what the references are so it's not like you're gonna miss out on too much if you at least have some working knowledge of other fantasy t- like works stories and mythologies and things nice do i want to i want to make a slime putter mold 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Dra- do a whole Dragon Warrior slash Dragon Quest line. That'd be sweet. Mm-hmm. I'd be all about that. Get like the King Slime. <laughs> that would be awesome. King King Metal Slime for like the premium plastic. Uh, all right. Well, I guess since all the fun is over, it's time to learn some. Coach, take us to the corner. <laughs> all right. Well, we don't have any fancy theme music for Coach's Corner, but um, again, to briefly, <laughs> to briefly reiterate, Coach's Corner is our segment where I'm going to give you some drills uh, that you can take and have a cohesive practice plan so that you can go into whatever – structured time you have and run a practice for yourself um, and not feel lost when you get to your practice field. Um, This week, our overall um, theme is going to be scrambling, Um, getting yourself out of trouble, back to the fairway, um, just getting creative and learning how to, you know, essentially shave strokes when you're stuck in, in the woods or in trouble. Um, so <clears throat> with that being said, I have three drills for you this week. Drill number one is made by, or I should say was developed by um, Paul Ulibarri. Um I found this one from him online, and I really like this one. So I took it, put it down here, and I think this is a great one. Um, I call this the T-R-O-U-B-L-E for all you Travis Tripp fans out there. Um, this, <laughs> this is a, uh, a drill in which you're going to need some station setup. Um, I, I prefer a soccer field for this one, but you can use any field that has an obstacle and some lines. So again, a playing field works best for this. Um, so again, you're going to set up some stations, six stations to be exact. You can do them in two sets of three. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, when you do this, you're going to want to be on the, we're going to use the soccer goal for, or soccer field for explanation purposes, but you're going to set one up and the, on the end line between the goal and the corner. Then you're going to set up another station at the corner again on the end line and then you're going to set up another one 50 to 100 feet off of the corner, off of the corner, but still in line with the end line. And th- this will all make sense when we talk about the actual drill. So from here, um, at station number one, which is that one that's the closest station, um, you're going to throw every disc in your bag on an Anheuser forehand, on a backhand skip shot, and on a forehand roller. You're going to do this and try to get every single one of them to land inside the soccer goal. So the, the, the objective here is you're in line with an obstacle. There's an entrance to your right, but you're in line with it. So if you throw an Anheuser forehand, you're going to need to swing it out wide to the right for a right-handed player and get it to crash into the goal. If you're going to throw a skip shot, you need to throw it out a little wide, and it's going to have to go to the left. So again, these are all shots that need to go from right to left, but have a narrow window to do so and have a very specific goal in mind. Um, And for this, it's trying to get in that goal. So again, you do that from the first station, repeat it from the second and from the third station, and you keep track of your goals. 
Um, I would say you need at about 20 discs to do this, but if you have fewer than that, that's fine. Just get your discs out and repeat the drill a couple times. Um, so that's T-R-O-U-B-L-E, um, but you, you're going to repeat that from the other side of the goal as well. So if you're a lefty, it's you're going to be getting the same work as a righty because we're also going to flip it to the other side where you know now that I'm on the other side of the goal, I'm staring at the at the the goal. The field is on my left. I'm on the end line. I'm going to throw a forehand hyzer. I'm going to throw a backhand anhyzer, and I'm going to throw um, a forehand roller trying to get it to cut roll into into the the goal or i can throw a backhand roll if i'd prefer so again you're going to do that from both sides six stations total throw your entire bag learn what every disc in your bag does and how it can help you in those trouble situations the next one is called through the window and this is a drill where you're going to need eight stations set up so you can set up four at a time and then flip them over to the other side of the field or just set up eight stations total so they're all set for you when you when you want to use them um, the two stations that you're going to set up first are going to be on the 20-yard line. So, again, using a playing field, preferably a football field for this one. So I had a soccer field, and now a, a football field. You can use any field, but preferably a football field. So you're going to be on about the 20-yard line facing the goalpost and another station about 50 feet to the right of the goal. So if, if I'm looking on a football field... I'm on the right hash mark, and then I'm again, I'm off about 50 feet to the right of that. Um, and then the same thing on the left side. So I'd set up on the hash mark, and then another 50 feet or 50 yards, however far you, you deem necessary, just between 50 and 150 feet um, to the right of your station. So you've got four stations in a line, um, and then you're going to do the same thing on the 50 yard line with those stations. So you've got eight stations set up on the 20 and on the 50 and then off to the side from each of those as well, okay? Um, you're going to throw every disc in your bag um, and you get to choose how you wanna throw it. It can be any line you want. If you're comfortable with an Anheuser, if you're comfortable with a forehand flex shot, if you're comfortable with just a straight shot through, that's fine. Your goal is to try to get in through that window um, and you want to hit a specific gap with every disc in your bag and it's progressively going to get harder because once you move from those hash marks, you're further away from the gap. It closes the angle down. You're trying to throw through that field goal post or into the soccer net, whatever you have. Um, and the further off to the side you get, the closer that angle is, or I should say the more narrow that angle is and the harder that shot becomes. But again, you get to pick the shot you want you're throwing every disc in your bag from the 20-yard line and then again from the 50-yard line trying to hit that gap. Um, and again, you can repeat that drill as many times, um, but probably I would say at least two times through the whole thing. Um, and then to finish it up, we got a little game that we're going to play this this week. Um, it's called uh, You Made It, or You Made Your Bed, Now You Gotta Lay In It. Um, for this drill, you're going to set up two stations, one on each back corner of the same end zone facing your field. Okay, so if I'm looking at a football field, I'm standing in the end zone on one corner and then on the other corner of that same end zone facing the full field. You're going to throw every disc in your bag, and then you're going to throw uh, from where each of those discs lands, and you need to try to get it through the goal at the opposite end of the field. 
Okay, so if I'm on a football field and I throw a buzz, okay, I throw that buzz out, I can get that buzz pretty close to the opposite end zone. The closer I am to the center of the field goal post, the easier that's going to be because that's the biggest gap. The further off to the right or left I am, the harder that that becomes. And you need to keep throwing the same disc. So if I throw a high-speed driver and I short arm it and it goes way off to the left, now I have a much tighter angle, and I have to do that with that same high-speed disc. Or same thing with an understable disc. If you burn an, an understable disc off to the right, and now you're, you're way off to the right, you need to throw that same understable disc and get it through the gap. So you're trying to learn every disc in your bag and trying to make everything through those field goal posts. It doesn't matter how far through the field goal post it goes, but you're trying to get every disc in your bag through those field goal posts um, on your second shot. So that the goal is to get it through there in two shots or less. If you're able to throw it all the way through, you know, make a field goal from the, the far end zone, that's great. That's a tough shot. Um, but you want to try to do it in two shots or less. Keep track of your score. Um, and we'd love to hear about it for, you know, any of these games. Please let us know on social media. Um, we, we'd love to keep track of that. And I'd love to see what, you guys are doing and if you're using these plans so that's coach's corner for this week chris what do we got up next um up next we uh we've got a little bit more social media stuff going on and pat's gonna tell us all about it yeah man we we're trying to be present out there and if you're following us you know this is episode three you probably know where we're at but um if you search the X Step podcast or X Step Disc Golf on on ma any of the majors, you know Instagram, Facebook, Reddit. Um, also, we have a YouTube page. Uh, you're gonna find us. Uh, the easiest way, though, if you if you follow us on Instagram, our link tree is right in our profile, and that'll bring you to everything else that we're sharing, including our Discord, where we're doing our recordings and we have some group discussions with fans and friends and family that that you know if you have something you want to share or you want to ask us about or have an idea for content i mean please we we're here to to help you guys and please our our followers so if you guys have something that you'd like to see please don't be afraid to to reach out to us we're very uh very open to to have a discussion with people we've already had a few and we're we're pretty fledgling at this point but let, let's keep it rolling and let's make this like this big, you know? Greg's up with an, uh, an inspiring story, I'm sure. Another step in the right direction. Another quick one from me. This is a very good news for all those aspiring pros out there um, that disc golf is getting really serious these days. And what I want to do Ooh, is specifically woo. call out Paul Macbeth, arguably the greatest of all time at so far, getting that 10 million 10 year contract with Discraft. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Isn't that wild, yeah. boys? That's great. That's a lot of money. Oh, man. And a lot of years. Like, long live the he, king, I guess. He's going to be like 40 <laughs> by the time that's over. Hopefully, he's still playing good. Oh, you know he will be, but th think of now injecting that type of money, that figure, that exposure into the sport. It's great. People are going to think that is a legitimate like devotion. 
You could yeah, go pro. So you can make money. You it's going to set up other players. That. You know, other players are going to, when they're trying to renegotiate their contracts, and now they have, you know, there's a barometer there. Benchmark. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know, so like Paige Pierce, when she goes to re-sign her deal, she'll be like, hey, oh. I also have yeah. five world championships. Give me that 11. Make it 11. This one Yo, she deserves 11. it. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what this does too? It gives them an unofficial or official face of the sport for the rest of the world that's not super familiar. Like, you're starting to pay attention. Like, I don't follow soccer, but like, they'll show some guy signing this ridiculous contract and it's like, wow, let me just take a look and see what this guy's all about. Why are they paying this guy half a mil or half a billion dollars to play soccer? And now I have some familiarity with the sport because of it. Like I didn't follow it too, too much. Like I knew the brand names, but I think the same sort of thing's going to happen with, with these contracts. It's like, it's going to spread out to like, wow, this sport has enough money where a brand can pay someone, you know, in the the tens of millions. This is crazy. So what, what is this all about? Why is it making money? What it must be popular for some reason let me check it out so it's like bring in the casual observer and maybe make some lifelong fans in the process so if you're paul mcbeth after this what like what do you do next what do you think paul mcbeth's five-year plan is from now because you've already got like the biggest contract has ever been in disc golf you're arguably you know one of the most recognizable names in the game just what what else is there? He's got to justify it now. He's building a course. I know he's building his own course. I don't know if it's finished yet. Right, but, but he's got he's got to show he's got to show why he's got to show why he was worth it. That's what. If he goes out there and lays a bunch of eggs, like oh yeah, he could be good. He's got to win. He's got to yeah, win. If, <laughs> what have you ever seen, Paul McBeth lay eggs? No, but like, all right. So what is he? A five-time champ? Yeah. For the next Secret ten years, duck. he better bring home. He better bring home a few more of those championships, right? Or that money is not going to the right place. Like, like Heimberg is right there, like throwing bombs and making putts too. Like, yeah, it could I be the Tiger so Woods much. effect. Like early, you know what I mean? Like Tiger yeah, took yeah. over the sport, and then all a bunch of people came behind him, but. Maybe the party's a little late, on, or you know they're coming to the party late on this because there's some young players that are really good, and if oh, yeah. if he gets caught no before this contract is, you know, more than halfway through, that that's what he's got to do. He's got to justify that number with with a few more championships under his belt, more than a few, yeah, for sure. in my opinion. True. For sure. I mean, just just like you know, all these younger guys and even Vinny and everybody else, it seems like Paul's game is getting better oh. every year as well. You know Ridiculous. what I mean? Ridiculous. So, Ridiculous. Hey, good on him, man. I couldn't do it. Yeah, and I mean, he he helped design and bring a whole line of discs to the to the discraft lineup. Like that's that's invaluable in its own. They're making money on that alone. So They're making tons of money on that. Probably. His worth is probably more than that ten, but he'll make he'll make money on other things too. And you know it, the payouts are getting better in disc golf tournaments too. I noticed that it's pretty awesome. Like these people can make a little chunk of change, and 
it's only get better with coverage and exclusivities and other sponsorships and stuff. So we'll see how it goes. For sure. Yes, indeed. Okay. I think and it that was the just perfect about wraps us up. It was the, the perfect, perfect year, year for it with all this COVID stuff, man. Like people got, they got into it a lot more than they ever would because it was an accessible thing that you could yeah. do without risking other people. So maybe, maybe that 10 grand is a low investment on a man like that, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, hopefully if we keep traveling in the same direction at the same rate that we are right now, the, the sport is exploding. It's a step yeah. so. in the right direction.